Hi. Hello. It's still very weird to say hi to an imaginary audience. Um, so today we have a guest here. Uh, he's a very important guest for me because he's a close friend of mine. Um, his name is Adam. He comes from the US, just freshly survived the COVID in San Francisco. And yeah, and he has been polyamorous for multiple years or arguably all his life. And he has quite, quite few stories to tell about it. All his life, including like when he was a baby. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, uh, I didn't necessarily think that I, I didn't know what poly was, I guess, growing up. Right. Because I grew up in the Midwest where that was not a concept. But by the time I realized I was poly and could call myself poly, I looked at my past relationships and I was like, yeah, I've been poly my entire life. <laughs> when was that? Like when I when I decided that it's, it was a very natural progression. I think it took. It was over the course of a year. Like I started a relationship that was a little bit more, uh, I was in the kink scene in San Francisco. So it was like a sub-dom relationship with a girl and it was not the kind of relationship that you have that's exclusive, you know? Um, because I was still very much experimenting with like the, the kink scene in myself and trying to figure out. But um, at some point we just worked on our relationship enough like back and forth that we had like a true relationship, but I was also seeing other people. And at that point, I had been, San Francisco was such that like things like, like poly were, were talked about and people would introduce themselves as poly and stuff. So it became a part of a vocabulary that eventually I just decided, like, it, it, there was never a day where I woke up and I was like, I'm poly, but it was like more of like a slow realization that, but I also wasn't ever calling myself monogamous either, like even before that. For the benefit of our listeners and also for me, could you could you explain what you understand polyamory to be? Yeah, so I guess first and foremost and is that polyamory is just communication. It's it's a relation like everything is a relationship and it's about being open and honest cuz on like most people if they're being honest have been attracted to more than one person. Right? And it's about being honest At about once. yeah. About that attraction, right? It's about when you see a girl that you find attractive, being able to say she's attractive without having to hide that uh, to your partner. Um, and uh, a lot of times it's about being honest about the relationships that you have. Like sometimes friendships can blossom into more of a, a deeper relationship or a sexual relationship. And, uh, you know, being, giving yourself the, the, the truth, like it's being truthful to yourself, but also to your partner. And telling them what you're feeling. So if you feel like you want to explore a different relationship, you can be honest with your partner and then they will hear that information rather than try to, I don't know, stop it or, or like halt growth, I guess. Am I right in understanding? So, so the, the amory in polyamory makes it a little bit different from, for example, open relationships where people are allowed to, you know, have sex mm -hmm. uh, with other people. But the Amory means, correct me if I'm wrong, that you actually can develop feelings for other people. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's, you're, you have the ability to love other people and not just have sex with other people. Although uh, I am actually curious, I've never been to any sorts of open relationship, but when people actually decide this, right, we are in a relationship, but we are allowed to have sex with somebody else, but we are not allowed to have feelings for somebody else. Like, is that really possible? It's not exactly a choice, isn't it? Well, and I, some people experience sex very differently. 
like some people don't put emotion in sex and some people are it's Mm -hmm. everything yeah (laughs) like i've i have definitely been with people where the emotional part of it was like Mm -hmm. the important part of sex Mm -hmm. and uh and i've been with people that it's been very much not when you are engaging in a can i call it a relationship with 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 somebody who's uh bring you, you you're bringing into your sort of relationship matrix is there a kind of spectrum are you getting different things from different people do you have like a a cuddle buddy do you have someone who you talk politics with do you have someone who is just all about the sex or does it does it change well of course of course i mean that's that's any friendship any relationship right you have your friends you you play board games with and like and, and uh and so that's why i started considering everything a relationship uh, on some level, and if and uh, I have, like one of my relationships, we literally just play video games and fuck, like that's our thing, and we don't put more into it than that. And then I've had like with with Chantrell, it's much more like having a life together, making sure that we have our finances in order, and you know, doing tax returns, <laughs> yeah, tax returns and stuff oh, like see. that. And uh, I think for me, it's very much the exploring, like being able to have people that facilitate different needs, because kind of like I already mentioned, I was in the kink community. And it's about like, having a sexual desire that maybe your partner that like is a long term partner doesn't want to fulfill or can't fulfill, and being able to explore that. Then just as a forgive, forgive me, because I have, (laughs) you know, so many sort of stupid questions. Um, But What's the difference between someone with whom you're in a polyamorous relationship with and a friend? So, uh, yeah, and that's the, I mean, I think that's like anyone's kind of definition uh, a little bit. And uh, I, I, I have grown more and more to understand all of my friendships as a deeper relationship, especially when they, you've it's a friendship for a very long time. But often people just, the, the line that most people draw is sex. Mm-hmm. And everyone kind of decides what sex is differently. And I have a, like, for example, I have a friend who, and I, I would call it a relationship, I guess, but we dance and we make out. And that's it. We, we haven't had sex, but we're fine with going to the club yeah. and making out and dancing. And is, is that just a friendship? <laughs> like if we're making out? <laughs> so the, 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 the question I would have then, do you define polyamory then as just simply being open about sexual feelings to to the people that you have in your life yeah i i, I do think that uh, it's really important to talk about the one it's an openness um to explore that and to to understand that but also to be able to have like basically when you can when you can talk about things you can confront them and and some people will spend their entire life wishing they had a relationship with somebody, but they don't see the relationship for what it is. I guess they wish it was something different, but being able to actually have that conversation to be able to openly tell someone that you're attracted to them and that asking them if they want to go further or whatever, and then them being able to respond with a, you know, an emphatic yes, or a, I would like to keep it this way is like being able is very important, I think, and um, often missed. How do you deal, presumably with this incredible openness, you also have to deal with rejection. Does that, does that ruin your friendships? Does that cause problems? 
I think, I mean, everybody has different issues when it comes to rejection mm-hmm. on various levels. And it's part of the, the breaking up thing and stuff like that. For me, uh, the rejection and the breaking up and all that boils down to um, being able to see. It, it makes it so you can see reality. And so it's easier to get over um, any kind of rejection because you see you you really understand the truth, I guess, of the situation. Um, just as a tangent is that one of the things that I'm often asked is, how do you deal with jealousy? And You got in there before I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she said. Indeed. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so, yeah, basically, um, they're like, how, how can you not be jealous? And for me, an important part of that is that the person that I'm with wants to be there. So by saying you have the ability to be anywhere you want, anytime, be with whoever you want at any time, when they're with me, they are with me. And that is a very um, honest truth that lets you deal with the situation. So that way I know that no one is ever lying to me. No one's ever pretending to be in a relationship. No one's harboring secret sexual desires for me or against me or whatever. And uh... Sexual desires against you? <laughs> I was trying to figure out how that would work Indeed. out in my head, yeah, but... Yeah. Uh... <laughs> it sounds entertaining, but yeah. yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, so we had a, sm- a short pause because Thomas got way, way, way too excited about polyamory topic. I think <laughs> he might uh, change some of his views in the future. But uh, coming back to Adam, actually, I think that uh, for people who are not that familiar with the polyamorous lifestyle, uh, an interesting question would be if it's not too personal for you, just could you share a bit of your own relationship metrics and like why, what sort of relationships you have at the moment? Yeah, it's definitely a, a, an ever shifting kind of thing, especially since the people that I'm in relationships get different relationships and go out of them and and stuff like that. And right now um, I'm dating basically Marika here in Germany um, and Chantrell in San Francisco. And then I have another, uh, I would say, fuck buddy, I guess, uh, Layla in in San Francisco as well. And and I'm also going on dates. Um, But for the most part, the relationship is very different. Like me and Chantrell have a very, uh, we've been together for like eight years. So we know each other very well. It started out as a sub-dom relationship and kind of evolved into a more uh, traditional relationship. But we always kept that as part of it. But we've just been together for so long. Marika is a very new relationship, so it has that new new energy. And we're still kind of exploring who we are and what we mean to each other. And Layla was always someone that like we would play video games and, and like, fuck. And that was like our thing. And we never tried to make it more than that. And... Uh, so that's where it stayed. And then there's in between, there's been other different relationships that have kind of come in and gone out um, with each of us. Chantrell right now is um, has Gordon, which is her boyfriend, and then they recently proposed. So they're planning on getting married in a year or two. But just uh, for, for somebody who doesn't maybe understand this, because this might sound very controversial but that still means that she will continue being in a relationship with you unless you broke break up for some other reason uh yeah so me and me and chantrell have had definitely in the past year a little bit more of a rocky thing because when i moved to germany she didn't come with and uh that distance create was pretty difficult for us and something that we had to go through and we both grew a lot um in that time uh she she grew closer uh with gordon and um then they, they, I had actually proposed to Chantrell um, uh, 
in uh, a year ago last summer uh in versailles and um we but we it was a very difficult but it was a very emotional but but interesting time because we were very happy to see each other but at the same time dealing with a lot of emotional stuff and by the time i proposed to her we had kind of an understanding of what our relationship had become and it wasn't such that we really felt like we wanted to get married traditionally but felt like we wanted to make sure that we we knew we wanted to be in each other's lives forever and we wanted to make it work no matter what was happening and what we were feeling what was her answer when you proposed uh it was interesting. We, I remember it pretty vividly. Um, we had just basically spent the entire night dancing in Versailles, and we were looking out over a lake, and she wasn't expecting it at all. And I took out this ring that I um, helped handcraft, and she, she was very surprised and very happy, but she didn't really know how to answer. And basically, it was let's talk <laughs> okay. oh. kind of thing. But it wasn't a no. Like, I knew, I already kind of knew what the answer was going to be. It was just more like I put so much energy into this proposal, I wasn't going to not do it. Okay. Um, and then we had a very, like, we didn't sleep and we just had a, a, a brunch where we just, like, talked and held each other and, and tried to talk about where our lives were going and what that meant. And by the end of it, it was yes, but not what most people think you know like we are agreeing to be in each other's lives forever she's agreeing to wear the ring but we're not necessarily um institutionally married. yeah institutionally married and okay. at least not yet you know who knows but polyamory is such that you can't necessarily mul marry multiple people efficient uh, like officially also, just on a historical note, agreements made in Versailles don't generally end up very well. <laughs> but, sorry. Um, they, <laughs> I'm so sorry, making a World War I uh, a joke here. But anyway, the, uh, so this, when did this happen? When did, you get, when did you become engaged within your polyamorous relationship? So that, that was... Um... Well, that was a year ago in June, um, as, as when I proposed to her. And then since then, she, um, Gordon also proposed to her. And then they're planning a marriage ceremony. But we're actually in talks to maybe do more like a four-person marriage ceremony or something to have us all involved. Who's the fourth? Uh, Marika. Marika. So okay. me and Marika and her and Gordon. But the thing is, it's kind of like... Um, an invitation like uh, right now i'm kind of letting them plan their own marriage because i don't know where my life is going to be mm -hmm. but we're going to participate on some level and we can potentially share in that celebration or host our own or or that kind of thing as well so um yeah the the story that how you proposed and so on even though it's not a rejection but it still somehow was very emotional at least for me um and i guess one one question that I want to ask and one thing that I definitely get from talking to you I think in order to be polyamorous you need to have a rock solid self-esteem <laughs> and uh, or self-worth or however you call it and I'm, I'm actually curious uh, do you so it's it's a multi-layered question like first of all how did you meet your partners or how do you actually identify if a person is polyamorous and also do you think there are specific qualities that need to be involved that a person would would be able to to have this lifestyle 
Yeah, I, I, like I mentioned before, I think it's super important that they just have an open and honest kind of communication style, and and they're willing to talk about anything uh, fairly early on. Like you're willing to, yeah. Um, to to go back to an earlier part of your question, um, how did you meet your own partners? Oh yeah, I mean, so to, yeah, if I was going to talk about how uh, how I met my partners. Um, I do think that if you have the, if you have the polyamory kind of like lifestyle or thought process, you're going to naturally kind of bump into other people who share similar, just because of your life views and where you are in life. Um, I met Chantrell actually, uh, on a dance floor, um, at the cat club and we were, we just locked eyes. Cat then, club? In San Francisco? Yeah. yeah. It's a... Does uh, that stand for something, or that is it just a name? It's the name of the club, uh, and then they have a bondage a go go night, um, and we we met each other, and we were just dancing the whole night, and we actually never we never spoke to each other. All that all that I said is that I had to catch my train, and she gave me her number, oh. and uh, then we met up after that, and the rest is history. And was it clear from the very beginning? At that time, no, because I wasn't super practiced in poly. I guess it was like a new. Um, but with Marika, for example, uh, we, we kind of did like a one night stand where we had like met, we met each other, we hooked up and then we had our first date and then we went to go get pasta somewhere. And, uh, I remember we both like, I was like, I have to tell you something, you know, and I don't want you to like think, you know, weirdly of this, but I'm Polly. And then she turns to me, she goes, Oh, thank God. I (laughs) I had no idea how to like bring this up. Um, and so, uh, it was nice to know that, that, that just kind of happens that it, they, but I've also had, um, relationships where the other person isn't necessarily, but I try to be very forward about it. So if someone's not ready to consider it, then I'm not like surprising them in general, like with that, that idea. Are you basically saying, you know, this is how I am? Yeah. Kind of take it or leave it kind of situation. Or? Yeah, okay. and and usually it's like it leaves like the relationship to kind of grow. However, uh, you know it, it is if the other person wants to pursue it, then it, then it, we can kind of go forward. Um, actually, to this I then have have a question. But um, so when is the moment when you first start dating or when you hook up on when there are, st- are feelings involved? So when do you think is actually the moment to, to bring it up? Yeah, I, I, it kind of depends on how the relationship unfolds, but even single people run into this situation, right? Like, is this a one night stand? Like, is this going to be a marriage, right? And some people put that on really fast. They go, we've slept together, we're getting married, right? Um, but <laughs> in general, if you're having conversation it probably will come up if it's less, if it's less, less conversation then it might take some time like, uh, to, to be revealed, but I never try to pretend I'm a certain way. Right. It's more like I'd be, I'm, I'm, I am who I am. And, uh, when it comes to trying to figure out, negotiate the relationship, then that's when you really talk about what that means to you. But, um, isn't it, um, I'm just now, you know, I'm kind of, representing the straight uh, girls that are heterosexual and this uh, and uh, oh god wait <laughs> yeah uh, sorry straight and also not polyamorous so monogamous uh, that was a freudian slip or something 
Anyway, so I think that for a lot of females, if they've been dating you and, uh, you know, already maybe put certain expectations to that, only when it comes to who we are to each other, to give out the poly card might be a bit too late. Well, I would say if you're saying dating, we I would definitely come up by then. I, like, this comes out usually, like, within the first coffee. If, if, but I'm not going to like some, some I've, I have encountered relationships that are more physical and more chemistry based that there's not necessarily a lot of talking involved. And sometimes that, that, that doesn't come there. I always try to structure everything like to, a big part of the poly community. And I don't know how part we, how deep we want to go into this, but it's, it's especially important in San Francisco, um, is, uh, like STDs. And having that conversation is super important because if you have multiple partners, that's the kind of situation that makes it difficult. And so that's one of the things that I've liked most about the community is people are open and honest about everything and including that kind of thing. And uh, like to the point where I get myself tested every six months, I have a printout and I'm really on the first date, literally re ready to email it to you or give it to you. <laughs> yes. And I have no qualms about talking about it okay. and, and being very open about that kind of thing. And most of the time, so if we're about to, if I'm about to have sex with someone, I'm very open about sex and what that means. Mm -hmm. And if I'm ready to have a relationship with somebody, I'm really open and ready to talk about what that means. But for you, that's two different things. Uh, sex and relationships, I think for a lot of people, yeah, it can be, it can be two different things. Mm -hmm. um, I, I tend to, and this kind of rolls into how I treat polyamory, I guess, is that each relationship to me is very different. And I get something different from every person. And uh, for some, that's more emotional support. Some, that's more like a physical thing. And, and some, it's everything. You know, but I try to, to uh, treat each relationship for what it is. And, um, and yeah, sometimes that does mean that they're a little bit more separate. But of course, you are, obviously, when I say they are different, obviously, one can lead to another. But you only have, presumably, the poly discussion once it's clear that it's more than just sex because if it's just sex then it's not really a conversation you have to have i guess no i mean i think i think it probably is a little bit like uh straight people who right like sorry you, see, you did it again <laughs> you, you did this to me no yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry uh, uh monogamous people that are out hooking up on tinder or something right mm -hmm. they don't necessarily have the marriage conversation or the like this is exclusive right away unless that's important and then you bring that up very fast Although, you know, since both of us already made a mistake by saying straight when we mean monogamous, it actually brings a question. Do you perceive polyamory as sexual orientation? Because to be fair, I mean, of course, I'm not even, real, even close to being as deep into the topic. Hmm. But to some extent, I would see it as a sexual orientation in a way that... I think many people actually don't really experience that much of temptation. I mean, I, I, in my own friend group, have people that are really, really monogamous. And Thomas, stop looking at me like that because you're a man. I'm talking more to girls. Maybe it's more suppressed. Maybe it's more like restricted by society. Therefore, they don't even, even allow it. But I genuinely know women that are really, really, you know, in love with their partner and they are not really fantasizing that much about sex with somebody else actually in in, a, in some way like i want to maybe preface this more in like the kink kind of way because what what monogamy is to some people is actually more of a kink 
what you're doing is you're putting artificial rules on top of a structure to bring it into like a certain desire. That's a very, very brave statement. Okay. Well, it, so for example, in a subdom relationship, you're, you're coming up with rules. You're, you're saying like you will behave a certain way. You will do certain things. And what it does is it arouses super, su certain sexual desires. So the women you talk about who really like monogamy and it's working for them, and even on a like on a sexual level, like to that extent, I think it is somewhere basically on the kink spectrum. Yeah, saying you are my only one. Yeah, uh, and okay. so. Uh. But then, actually, another question that I have is: Do you genuinely believe that monogamy even exists? Because I know that also there's, a, you know, quite a, quite a common opinion that even though people don't call it, but like for example, affairs in a marriage is rather are rather common. And, you know, what is the difference between polyamory and that is basically non-open communication. Yeah, and that's generally how I feel about it, because I have in my poly lifestyle have had monogamous relationships, but I've never identified myself as monogamous because it was a kind of more of a signal of saying that I'm open and honest about where I'm going and who I am. And so it's it's if if me or my partner decide to no longer be monogamous, we can talk about it instantly. And so any relationship change is always talked about. Um, I do think that that's more of the way. And monogamy is just more of a negotiation that's put on simple terms. But it's, it's, it's saying I'm going to boil it down to something that's very simple or like a, a restriction that, that, is, that we don't have to talk about. Because we don't want it to be a gray area. We want it to be black and white. And so I think it exists, but I think it's just more of a... Um, it's, yeah, it's just more of a structure that is made to simplify um, relationship style, a certain relationship style. Although, you know, I must also say from the supposedly monogamous uh, perspective, even though I also sometimes... Are you sure you really want to say know? supposedly <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. on the podcast? Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, what I actually wanted, wanted to say that, you know, actually even in monogamous couples, I suppose it's really... A different idea how you understand monogamy because for some people it's cheating already to to flirt with a co-worker or whatever and for some people it's okay to make out with somebody and so. to be very clear there is cheating in and and uh poly relationships you have to tell more so about. to explain yeah <laughs> so um i have a friend and the their friend's girlfriend had a husband and for example, yes, I know it gets complicated. We're going to have to draw graphs. But basically, this husband started a relationship with a woman and didn't tell anyone about it. So it's it's in, 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 a, in a sense, it feels worse because that person had every right to talk about this relationship, to to explain it to his partners, to, to set everyone up uh, in a space where they could like understand where this person was, but they chose to not tell anyone. They chose to lie about it. They chose to keep it secret mm -hmm. and for whatever reason, and then that is damaging. It hurt the person that was involved in this when they found out about it. So, so, so you say basically cheating in a polyamorous relationship is secrecy. It's secrecy or lying, but it's mm -hmm. not necessarily like it's, yeah, it's not being open and honest about, about, relationships you can because, also like lie about your current relationship you can pretend that it's working and that's also lying and it's also hurtful i i'm just wondering do you know actually from that guy who cheated what was his reasoning you know i would love to answer that mystery but unfortunately i don't know yeah, because i don't know it what seems his motivations were that it doesn't really make sense but 
Maybe but also a kink to have it as secret. A lot of people who do this, though, and a lot of people who who damage their relationships, it's often unknown. Like, you know, a lot of people I think have experienced like a boyfriend or someone who's done something to them and they can't explain it. Like, why would you act this way? Why would you hurt me mm. when we love each other? Kind of thing. And it's just human nature, I think, to make mistakes. Um, and and yeah even when given all the the ability to try to correct those mistakes before they happen. Uh, and then on the privacy thing, um, everyone deals with it differently. Um, uh, I've had relationships where um, they, like my relationship with Chantrell, she would like to know everything. Like I would tell, I could tell her sex stories. Um, she wants to know if I'm moving forward in any relationship. Me, I took a little bit more of a simpler approach with her where I just was like, I want to know where your relationships are going. I want to know if you're starting a new one, but I I appreciate the space. And space for me is important because my own relationships, um, I start them outside of my relationship. So they're not necessarily immediately connected. Like I'm exploring a new space with somebody else and I don't necessarily feel like I should have to like talk about everything that happens. I want my experience also to be with them. Like if, you know, I have this really meaningful experience, I can have that privately. Um, but that does mean I was always open about where if I started a new relationship, if I felt that relationship was going to change in a certain way. Um, and I never lied about things. Like if I needed, if she needed to know something directly, she's like, please tell me if you blank, then I would obviously answer that. But for me, it meant that I wasn't oversharing. Um, and everyone's different. I think that's something to be negotiated with any partner on what is your level of comfort. Um, and, and, and some of that has to do with jealousy. And like some people aren't ready. Like early poly, it's tough to get over the jealousy for a lot of people, myself included. Um, really early in poly, I, had, I created a weird rule for myself and Chantrell that she couldn't date a friend of mine because I thought it was too incestuous. Like I didn't like the idea that I would bring a friend to like a board game night and then she would hook up with him. That that was like something that was too hard for me at that time. And since then I've relaxed that rule, but like it was something that was important early on and then I realized it was just me trying to cope with my own um my own yeah, like ego basically. Mm, okay. And and I I guess to circle back to like your your self-esteem thing, like you have to have a, a self-esteem of steel or whatever you have to be really The main thing with any relationship and I firmly believe this is you have to no, you have to be 100% yourself before you can work on a relationship. You have to work on yourself mm -hmm. before you can work on a, a connection with somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I've seen people that try to f like try to change themselves through other people or fulfill a need that they haven't changed <laughs> in themselves by, a, you know, a connecting with somebody else. And that's usually ends in disaster because the only person who can work on your own self-esteem and your own self needs and self-worth is yourself. And you'll never do that through someone else. Amen. Another question though, um, another topic, if you want, that I want to challenge a little bit. So you talked uh, a bit about marriage, actually, like about this multi-marriage, if I, if I might, uh, with, uh, with, with few people involved. So, um, one 
thing that interests me is the concept of marriage in polyamory, polyamory, because I mean, one might argue that this is pretty much the peak, the highest point of monogamy that you can have, and then you just drop it in the polyamory con- uh, concept as you know, as a casual thing. So I would just be a little bit interested in more detail in that. Well, I think. Uh... Talking about marriage to me is really just like a, it's a, a, well, there's a few things that are involved, right? It's a, it's a celebration in front of your friends and family. So one, you want to be open and like honest with your family. You want them to like, you know, be happy for you, but also it's a big financial thing. Like you're saying financially, we are tied together. Tax wise, we are tied together. Mm -hmm. We are, we're probably like a lot of marriages lead to kids. We are, we're basically building a life. And it's interesting because in San Francisco, it's so expensive to live that it's almost like poly is the only way to survive as like a family these days. Like I looked into buying a home on my own, impossible. But then now the four of us are kind of considering buying a home together and having like a poly household. And it really makes sense a lot, especially in the context of kids. So for example, if Chantrell and Gordon have kids and I'm living in the same household, It'd be very easy for me to watch the kids and give them the kind of care that's not from a stranger. And what do you would you say to all the haters that would assume that you will just traumatize the hell out of the kids and make <laughs> them the little devils? I mean, I think it's I think it's uh, I think there's a lot that can be gained from seeing uh, a functional relationship uh, between multiple people, like like a lot of people have grown up in dysfunctional homes, but the ability to talk about it is is super important for a kid to learn um and uh but the only thing uh that i understand would be at least a little bit traditional in in your household is that most of you are straight or do you also have uh bisexual or a homosexual relationship yeah so i can open i can talk about this a little bit in that um so my relationship with um, Chantrell and Layla, well, they're both they're, they're both bi, and then they are interested in, in other women, but it, they have their own sexuality when it comes to that. So for Chantrell, it's when she meets the right person at the right time, but she's not like necessarily constantly searching for a female companion or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone has their own that, yeah, their own preferences, and you just that kind of just builds itself into the relationship. For some people, poly is an important part of that. So if you are bi, right, like then technically if you marry one person, you will never get that other that other part, right? You will never really be able to experience that other part of your sexuality. And so commonly, I think I would assume that a lot of bi people are naturally poly. The, a question that I would, the, the question I would have there about uh, the idea of getting married and even buying a house together um these are all quite significant commitments which are quite difficult to move out from so 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 far the way you've described your polyamory is we communicate openly we um do our best to try and make sure that everybody is is happy in that but if it's not okay then we move on effectively um when you start, is there not a, a danger when you start bringing in buying a house or having kids? Because that this is these are decisions that you can't go back on easily, at least. Yeah, and for sure, in every relationship, being human is dangerous, right? Like uh, committing to things like kids is fundamentally like a huge undertaking. 
-hmm. but what you're what you, and that's part of the negotiation i think that goes into it right like me and Chantrell might not have kids because it doesn't make sense for us where her and gordon it's easier to commit to that but i can also commit to being there for her and her kids on some level and growing into that but it's one of those things you always have to constantly monitor yourself like if something's not working for you you talk about it but yeah when it comes to kids there's some things you can't back out of right and you just have to go forward with it. Um, but yeah, marriage, house, kids, that's all next, like just doubling down on your commitments. And I think though, uh, more people actually creates more of a safety net. So, right, like if Chantrelle is committed to both me and Gordon and one of us goes away, she has more of a safety net for her kids uh, as well to just have more people involved, I think makes the burden easier rather and than harder. I would also argue um, that, you know, if you're in eight years relationship, that is already quite secure by itself, let's say that. I mean, at least, you know, the person quite, quite well and for multiple years, but maybe it's even additional layer of security that you are both poly and nevertheless, you still keep choosing each other when you have all the options in the world. Because I think that in monogamous couples, uh, I know those examples myself, that sometimes people who are not necessarily happy in the relationship anymore don't leave it just because of the investment that, you know, we already been together for five years, our families know each other. Uh, yeah, we might as well stay. And I mean, you know, I'm not saying that's a happy path, but I'm saying that I think that when you are actually monogamous and you don't have such an easy option because it's either breakup or monogamy, you know, then people choose monogamy maybe not that freely as uh, when you guys keep choosing each other. Yeah. And I think it's like I asked myself, if I was in a monogamous relationship with someone who didn't want to be there, would I want to be in that relationship? And I think that the answer is no. And a lot of people maybe keep the lie going a little too long. Um, but I think that raised too long. an interesting question. And I want to kind of turn the tables back on you. So you, like you I uh, have some like um understanding of what you believe monogamy to be but also before like talking to me you also had some maybe some assumptions of what poly was and i want to kind of hear both of your takes on what you think it is uh, with not like really in regards to what i've talked about but what your what your understanding was before so when i was so a few years ago when when when, when poly was first came onto my radar as mm. it were uh, my first result, my first um, idea was, well, this is going to be a shit show, isn't it? It's going to be, you know, it's, it's something which has a built-in expiry date. Something that if you have so many people in a relationship that it's inevitably going to collapse. However, um, then I got a little bit more experience of monogamous relationships and I realised that they too are not necessarily fundamentally sound and stable and maybe i should look at my own house before judging others well i mean what i would say to that is we're you know we're all human and we're growing we, we all have different growth paths and a relationship is two people that are in theory growing in the same direction mm -hmm. you're roughly the same age same you know construct and then you feel like you're going in the same path you can be from two different places but hopefully you're growing together and the point where in which somebody diverges and grows in a different direction or stops growing it hurt it changes the relationship fundamentally and so you either have to force yourself to grow where they're growing which mm -hmm. is not necessarily wrong but or you keep going on your path and you let them diverge mm -hmm. you know or 
you try to pull them along with you, right? And it's about kind of like, um, you know, allowing yourselves to grow in the natural ways. And sometimes that means a relationship falls off, but sometimes in monogam or in certain relationships, you say, we are going to go through this no matter what. And that means pulling each other back into the certain direction, potentially. Personally, in previous relationships that I've had, I have, uh, I think with the benefit of hindsight, realized that I have not understood myself a mm-hmm. lot uh, before going into these relationships. And um, I was unsure of what I wanted to do, what I wanted to do relationship-wise, life-wise. And I was far too willing for other people to make those decisions for me because then I ended up being unhappy with the decisions that they made for me. But I wasn't even... I didn't even consider that I was unhappy because of that. I uh, realize now that I need to spend a somewhat longer period of time working out what I want before I start getting other people too involved in my life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And regarding me, so for me, first of all, it is a bit hard to talk about polyamory without talking about you because basically one year ago uh, when we first uh, became friends this was basically my first um intro like when you told me that you're polyamorous i was having way more questions that than in this um podcast uh so i guess but my my biggest um stigma if you want and I guess that's also how I was somehow raised, not even by my parents, but by the society, is that always... So I had been in situations where I have feelings for more than one person. I don't necessarily say that that means that I'm polyamorous or not, but I was always working under the assumption that if you have uh, feelings for the second, that means you don't love the first. And that's why I was always breaking up. And at least uh, in my teenage years, up to my early 20s, I mean, now I'm mid-twenties, so that's not that long ago. I was actually having quite, quite um, a lot short-term relationships because they would usually last up, up to half a year and then I would have feelings for somebody else and I would then interpret that as, okay, that means the first one was not the one, if you want. And yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I never tried a polyamorous uh, path because... I never actually had a partner who would consider it. I had talked to a few people about it, but it was usually like, yeah, it's it's an interesting conceptually, but I would never, ever do it. And uh, I mean, I, at the moment, I'm also in a monogamous relationship and I'm very, very happy. And I mean, of course, I don't know what the future will bring, but uh, this is it, is, it is interesting for me. I really, I think that I understand it. Like it, it sounds even tempting for me, but it is not something that would be so important for me that I would drop everything I have and choose this path, if you want. Yeah, I I want to bring up one thing with the thing, as I think there's a common misconception that you have a limited amount of love, and that if you love someone, you can't love something else, like you can't love chocolate ice cream and strawberry ice cream at the same time. And uh, the thing is, what you you don't have you don't have a limit on on your love but you do have a limit of time 
And so what a lot of people don't realize with polyamory is it becomes more of a schedule thing. <laughs> like, yeah. honestly, really, you're, you're spending more of your time balancing your calendar and how to t spend quality time with all the people that are important to you and less about worrying about whether or not you love someone enough. Yeah, yeah. I would like to ask, um, because one of the things that at least in the past have binded me into monogamous relationships has been the early giddy you know sort of mm. endorphin fueled you know yeah, love and energy. lust you know exactly the, the, the sort of you know the beginning of a relationship is something which is absolutely fucking amazing and um obviously then that subsides but how does that such such raw and intense energy how does that work does that happen inside a polyamorous relationship uh, yeah, for sure. Um, and especially, yeah, everybody has the new relationship thing. And in poly, you get more new relationships than less. Mm. But the thing that people don't understand, maybe, is that it often refuels all the rest of your relationships. Like, that energy cycles through. Like, it's not lost. It's not like you're spending all of your lust on one person who's the newest. Okay. It, it it fuels you and and that it makes all your relationships i feel in my experience uh blossom a bit more because it kind of rekindles everything yeah i i can actually even from my own experience that wasn't actually polyamorous but uh, uh yeah in those times when i was still with the old partner but already having uh, feelings for the new one it wouldn't necessarily affect the first relationship negatively because you are having this excitement and endorphins and you're generally like more more alive more happy whatever when you're in love when you have that rush and uh, yeah I, I can't imagine that it can possibly positively affect uh, yeah the existing ones um i guess i want to drop one last bone for possible haters <laughs> by asking uh what was your own family structure how were you raised oh like as a kid yeah well my parents were very very traditional i guess in a lot of ways they weren't uh they didn't ha they I, I really feel like my parents were pretty just very average they didn't it's not like they drank they drank or anything like that or, or anything i think that most of my formative knowledge was gained during high school like relationship wise i didn't really look at my parents as like any kind of like guiding light for how i wanted my relationship to be um i actually and i'll just like this is a like a traumatic experience that happened in high school that I think really formulated the idea of poly very soundly in my mind and how you can do it wrong, because um, when I was in high school I didn't know what I what I was feeling and I didn't know how to deal with it and so basically I was re I was really into this one girl and we were friends and we just she knew I liked her and I liked her but she was never available she had a boyfriend all, all the time. And for whatever reason, it never worked between us. Um, and then I ended up in a relationship with her best friend. And I had this relationship for close to 10 years. Yeah. So this was my entire high school, basically like 13 to 20, uh, you know, and beyond. But, you know, there's some on and off kind of the things that happened. But basically, it was really longstanding relationship. But this entire time, I still really loved this other girl. But the thing is, the thing that I couldn't deal with is that I loved them both. And at one point... Um, the girl that I was pining after that I wasn't with didn't have a boyfriend. And so then I started seeing her. But the thing is, they both confessed to me independently that they had also liked each other. So I was like, all right, 
I like, like a win-win exactly. situation. I like this girl. I like the other girl. The both girls like each other because they're best friends. Mm-hmm. And then they've convinced me, talked to me about these different fantasies that they've had. I'm like, there's no way. Like, the, we just need to get to this point, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was basically moving every relationship forward. But the problem and the thing that was wrong was that I never was honest about it. I was mm-hmm. seeing the other girl without talking to the first about what was happening. So I was lying because, but the thing is, I never saw it as lying because I was working towards like the betterment of all of us. Like I thought like by blossoming this relationship and slowly pushing it towards the other, that it was going to work out and it failed catastrophically (laughs) because (laughs) they were best friends. So of course they talked and at some point it came up that, 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 that I was seeing her and it just fell apart in a way that later on. They both talked to me independently that they kind of regret how it played out. And the one girl says that she um, kind of felt sorry for throwing me under the bus because she like kind of put it all on me then and kind of lied about it and stuff. But um, I realized that after that, that it was like something that I was like, basically, I'm never going to lie again. Like, I'm never going to be in the situation where I'm trying to like make something work under the surface or, or like, you know. Because the thing is, we all had those feelings. And I know even afterwards, like, it was still there. But it didn't. And I think it really just just failed because I wasn't in the place where I felt like I could talk about it. Where I could ask for what I wanted and hear what they wanted. Mm. You know? Okay, fine. So, I've been told I have to ask a question. Um, So, the question I would have now is, um, does your family know? Yeah, so this is something that I think is um, really dependent on the person. So like Chantrell, she immediately told her family. She's very, very open and honest and posts on Facebook her poly photos and stuff like that. Um, For me, I've never had that close of a relationship with my family. So it wasn't that I didn't tell them, but I literally have been hiding my relationships my entire life from my family. When I was in high school, I snuck out of the house uh, to go see my girlfriend. So I just, it wasn't something that I told my parents. It was not, so it's very different than I think a lot of people. So this is more of an individual thing. So, but I did come out like kind of like how my tongue ring came out to my family (laughs) so that eventually they saw it (laughs) and then they asked and then I wasn't, I didn't want to lie about it. Um, And so, yeah, at some point they saw me with two girlfriends and uh, then they asked and I told them the truth and uh, like, I don't. They saw you doing to what? To me, so Polly is a weird thing for me because saying you have two girlfriends feels a little like bragging. <laughs> You're like, expecting your dad to give you a high five or something. Or something like, like yeah. yeah. And I don't, that's, so it's not the same, like my sister um, came out as being gay and I, I didn't have that experience. Like I didn't have like, a, I have to tell my family I'm coming out, you know, mm-hmm. this is kind of thing. Um, but, and they didn't, they had some questions, of course, but they weren't overly like, prying into my to my relationships as a question did you tell them about being poly before or after your sister came out as gay uh so it was a little it's a little half half like they knew that i had multiple girlfriends but they didn't really pry into like the i guess that 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 thing and then when uh my sister came out as gay then um i said something uh to the lines of of like my my thing and then it was funny because my sister she was like 
uh, she was very excited when I came out kind of to like as being poly she was like oh so you're poly because she being in that community she knew how to put words to it so she's like oh you're poly mm. she's like can I tell grandma because <laughs> she wanted to soften the blow uh-huh. of telling uh, gra- like grandma that she was gay she's just like wanted to like put my thing out there first so that she could then talk about hers uh, um, so yeah I think the marriage thing will bring family more into it in, in a way that I haven't really like fully and like, your plan prepared would for. be is if you do get married to these three other people that you want your family also involved yeah i think uh, everyone has different like uh, importance on it um i'm not as big of into the marriage ceremony part as much as anything else but i do think that it, it does automatically bring them into it and make it more of a mm. uh, a thing that they would be involved in mm-hmm. and so i think at that point uh i would probably have a lot more to answer for to my family <laughs> Another question that's just leaped to my mind. So um, obviously this 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 uh, four person marriage construct that you have in mind. Um, obviously you have, as it were, relations with two of the people in that marriage, and the other guy is a guy. Um, what about <laughs> the other guy is a guy? Well, exactly, <laughs> and, 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 and you're both straight, sure. I guess. Yes. Um, and uh, but uh, does. Gordon have any contact with Marika? So, and this is an interesting thing, especially when you have like a close relationship like this. Um, they, we've all met, we've all hung out, we've all had like we've you know spent a lot of time together. But um, just because I have a relationship with Chantrell and Gordon, it doesn't necessarily mean that the relationship will form between Gordon and Marika. Mm-hmm. And so far, they get along, but there's nothing romantic that has appeared. Okay. Doesn't mean that they couldn't. And especially like if you spend more time with people, there's more likelihood of that kind of thing to occur. But I think it's important for no one to really have that like expectation mm-hmm. going in. Um, and it was it's something that you deal with a lot, I guess, a little bit in poly. Uh, I've come into it a, a bit in, in poly, where because I've had girlfriends, um, where it's just you know I don't, I think it's important to not feel like expected to love someone or expected mm-hmm. to sexually engage with someone just because they're there mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but but relationship but ha- but juggling that many relationships does mean you automatically do have a relationship with your partner's partner mm. like whether that's a friendship or anything like it can be whatever you want it to be but you the more you try to distance yourself from your partner's partner the more you kind of like uh yeah you just you don't really fully engage in the relationship and i think it's important to like and and, and engage with your partner's partner but I don't think that that means sexual uh, like connection or th- something. But I do think it means like for me to understand Chantrell, I have to understand Gordon. Mm-hmm. Like it's a part of her. So mm. like and it, for me, it's always been an important part that I like my partner's partner. And it was something that I was always worried that would be a problem for me. Cause, uh, have you ever I, had a problem in this regard? Um, no, luckily, because I trust my partners to find people that are quality. I guess. But I it has been a worry that I always worried that like Chantrell would pick up some guy that I think is sleazy and then like don't know what to say or don't know what to mm. do because I can't really judge her relationship, right? Mm. And I think that that is a problem. If you don't like your partner's partner, I think of course it brings up a lot of extra conversations and stuff like that. But it, I think it means that they're in a certain part of their life, right? That that maybe they need this 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 thing and uh, you can't really judge them for who they who they desire and what they need um 
Okay, and last question, at least from my side, uh, even though you partially already answered it in other, but uh, would you would you identify some specific challenges that a poly person, uh, not necessarily you, but even abstract, in an abstract way, a kind of faces in society? Yeah, there's well, one, it's not as accepted as being like it's it's like it's out there as a like a thing of sexuality, but. It's not. It's a very San Francisco thing. Yeah, it? it's not. It's not legal. It's not something that even people really understand, like across the board. Um, and it's it's something that's hard to come out as and just say, "Hey, I'm this," mm-hmm. right? Um, we don't even like. There are symbols and there are kind of like flags that kind of represent Polly, but it's not as mainstream. I think it will become a bigger thing in years to come because I do feel like society's moving towards this this multi connection kind of thing. And the the societies are becoming more vocal, um, so it's good that the information is coming out there. But it is weird. You you are a bit more fringe, and there are people that just fundamentally will not understand you. It's like being a vegan in Texas. <laughs> what, what do you think? So here in Hamburg, you have these 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 posters up for C date, uh, the uh, the platform for casual dating, and the the tagline is, "Well, I don't wear the same pair of shoes every day." <laughs> what what do you? Is that something which you think is moving in that direction, or no. is it just well, is so, that just a sex platform? Yeah, that's just like if you uh, refer to someone as a, an object. Yeah. If you're comparing someone to a pair of shoes, you're objectifying them and therefore just considering it as just like a sex object. Yeah. But um, I would, I, in contrast to that, like OkCupid is a dating platform, literally almost like I would say 90% of the people that I am in contact with on OkCupid, like just swiping left and right, they say poly. Like it's very, very popular in Berlin right now. Well, Berlin, at least Berlin, 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 Berlin okay Cupid is a silly place is uh <laughs> is full of poly and it, I think it is like a location based like I think mm. a lot more artsy like mm. um forward thinking people are in Berlin and San Francisco and so it becomes commonplace so I, I forget uh, like honestly I've forgotten sometimes that poly is weird to people um and and you'd be surprised like I'd be like with Chantrell and Marika in a burrito place or something like that and then I kiss both of them and then the, the person's like giving me this weird stare um so it's all it's well you can come to britain and people <laughs> just give you a, a weird stare even if you just kiss one person yeah affection out in public indeed you know. pdas thank you so much adam for for a wonderful and interesting conversation and yes gabriela thank you mm, you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> Cheers and to that. also to you our listeners thank you very much good evening and goodbye